Hi, welcome to the Brown Note. You're with Julian. And last year I put up a number of posts about Anthony Albanese, the Australian Labour leader, uh, asking for him to be sacked, saying that he was a very ineffectual opposition leader. The Liberal Party of Scott Morrison had been through a year of endless scandals that should have brought down any government. And like many Labour parties, particularly in the UK and in Australia, when they lose an election, they believe what the right-wing media tells them. They always believe that it's because they were too Labour. And Anthony Albanese e, has uh, made it clear that his entire modus operandi in winning the next election is to stand as close to Scott Morrison as possible, meekly, politely and wait until he's allowed to talk and to sand down any rough edges. I mean, the reason the Labour Party lost to me in Australia last time is that Scott Morrison spent hundreds of millions of dollars of taxpayers' money in marginal seats, and Clive Palmer ran an $80 million scare campaign in Queensland. But Anthony Albanese believes it was franking credits and any policy that Bill Shorten had out of a great policy list that he went to the electorate with and he believes that um, losing those policies and being much more like the Liberal Party will get him across the line. Of course it won't. Absolutely no way on earth. Scott Morrison loves Anthony Albanese in power in the Labour Party because he knows he will never stand for anything. Now, for me, I said also towards the end of the year that Scott Morrison was much weaker skating on much thinner ice than the media would let you believe. They slavishly worship everything he does, no matter how bad, but I said because of the China economic crisis, he'd made a lot of enemies, he wasn't well liked in his own party, and he does have a backlog of an enormous number of scandals and missteps. Uh, and I said if Anthony Albanese sets, resets the clock, comes out fighting this year, he might find himself on much better footing instead of where he is now 100% guaranteed to lose the election. Well, it's very clear that he's not going to do anything of the sort. And for me, and that was exemplified by this year, Labour Party are dropping the franking credits uh, removal, which was a signature policy of Bill Shorten and an integral necessary policy for reshaping Australia's economy. And he has jettisoned this because it was subject to a media scare campaign about retirees not you know, having a new tax put on them, even though it wasn't. It was the removal of a tax benefit. Happens every time you take away. This is what happens. The Liberals or the Republicans in America come in and burden the economy with endless tax breaks. And then if the Democrats or the Liberal Party here or the Labour Party in the UK try and remove them, they look like the bad guys. It should be the Liberal Party here with the bad guys putting that policy in place. In the first place, if you don't know what franking credits are, basically in 1987, the Labour government, who were in the thrall of economic neoliberalism, came up with this idea that you know if a company earns $100 million and pays $30 million in tax, they get $70 million left and they pay that, say, in dividends. Um, then the person that receives those $70 million in dividends pays tax on the dividend as part of their income. Therefore, it's double taxation. Double taxation is horrible, isn't it? Imagine having something like a good service tax where you've already paid tax on your wages and then you have to pay tax on goods. 
Um, anyway, not many com countries actually have this system in place. Uh, Australia, Malta and New Zealand are the three that have this dividend imputation system. Germany and France ditched theirs over 15 years ago. Now, this was part of the uh, Hawke-Keating government to stop double taxation. Um, but the eligi eligibility rules on this changed with the Howe Costello government from 1997. The Liberal or the Tory or the Republicans' greed will never stop. They weren't happy. So say f what happened here was, say the company um, paid $30 million in tax and then they paid you a dividend and you were already paying, say, 30 grand in tax, you could reduce the tax you paid to the government by the amount on that franking credit, however much money in dividends got paid to you. If that company had already paid more tax on the amount of money that they'd paid to you than you were paying in income tax already, you could reduce your income tax to zero. So you could receive the dividend and then take the tax credit component that they paid you and use that against your own tax bill as though you'd paid that tax it's rubbish um but the real scumbag aspect of franking credits happened with the howard costello liberal government they changed this system they changed this system so that you could get a credit so say for instance there's a company with one shareholder now, a company makes $100 million and it pays $30 million in tax. Now, say that shareholder previously was very rich and paid $30 million income tax. They could then receive that dividend of $70 million and a franking credit of tax paid by the company of $30 million and reduce their tax bill to zero, which I don't think is very fair. But Howard and Costello their greed was far better. They wanted that $30 million to go as a credit. So if you were already paying zero tax, that very rich only shareholder of that company, you now got a $30 million bonus check out of the economy because that company had previously paid that money, effectively reducing the company tax that paid to zero. It wiped out company tax entirely and that's been the problem this idea that people that haven't paid tax are getting a tax refund because the company's already paid the tax which nullifies the tax that the company is actually paying uh, franking credits after july uh, 1st 2000 are refundable tax credits in form of a tax prepayment that can reduce a taxpayer's total liability um, but now they actually get a credit for it now Christina Keneally, Senator Christina Keneally, who'd make a much better leader than uh, you, Anthony, I'm afraid, came out a couple of years ago when this was all blowing up and said, uh, we spend currently more on franking credits as gifts to wealthy retirees than we do on public schools. So let's have a look at that. Uh, the cost of the imputation scheme in 2001 was $550 million, uh, which were given out as freebies to wealthy retirees. In 2014 to 15, that went up to $5.9 billion in franking credits. In 2019, it rose to $6.3 billion, sorry, in 2015 to 16. 
Uh, the increase from 2014, uh, 2015 to 2016 is 6.8%. If continues to grow at this rate, the figure for this last financial year, uh, the 1920 year, would be $8 billion. According to the 2019-20 uh, government budget strategy and outlook paper, the government budgeted around $7.68 billion on public schools in 2019, rising to 8.3 in 2020. And that figure is slightly lower than the freebies we give to wealthy retirees. We give more money out in tax that retirees haven't paid than we spend on public schools now. And that figure is going to keep rising. Um, the Liberal Party came out with this incredible scare campaign that we were putting this uh, wealthy retiree tax on. But it wasn't hammering retirees, it was hammering poor retirees. This is rubbish. What happened is a lot of wealthy retirees that don't have a job, who rely on uh, income from shares, declare a minimum amount of income a year. Uh, so the Liberal Party turned around and said 80% of the people relying on cash refunds in the tax credit scheme have a taxable income of under $37,000 a year, which sounds low. But if you've got $10 million in shares and you set your income level at $30,000, you're part of that 80%. All of the wealthy people who do that declare a very low income, usually under the tax-free threshold of around $18,000. Um, Labor's policy is actually heavily concentrated in households in the top 10% of household incomes. These households will pay an additional $2,641 a year. There will be virtually no impact from removing franking credits on households in the bottom half of wealth distribution. Labor's changes have virtually no impact across the bottom 70% of wealth distribution. Almost 90% of the total value of these free welfare checks are paid to the top 20% of wealth distribution. Only 2.7% go to the bottom 50% of wealthiest households. Now, this scheme is a complete and utter rule. It is mainly going to wealthy people overwhelmingly. People with millions of dollars in shares who own their own multi-million dollar property, who declare an income that's actually really low, and who then get a tax refund of thousands of dollars on tax they haven't paid. This is a massive drain on the economy that's gone from $500 million a year 18, 19 years ago to around $9 billion at the moment, and it's going to keep rising. Now, that's one way of looking at the cost of franking credits. This is another, and this is the true cost. Howard did three terrible things to the economy that reshaped society. One was franking credits, which gave a tax gift to wealthy retirees in general. The other was negative gearing, so investment properties became a lucrative way of earning money. And the other was reducing the tax burden on wealthy retirees' superannuation. Those three things have become an incredible parasite on the Australian economy. And the reason it costs so much more than the cash value is all these people that had that extra cash coming in used it to invest mainly in property. And what happened since the start of the 2000s is house prices rose dramatically across Australia, particularly in areas like Sydney, and in tandem with that, rents rose dramatically. So imagine the amount a house price has gone up since the early 2000s to today. And imagine the extra burden on the total pool of money in Australia that's now spent on people's investment properties by paying excessive rent 
and new people coming into the marketplace, buying houses have gone up dramatically because these wealthy retirees and other people like them had so much more income to invest in property. That's the true cost of things like franking credits. That's why it should be a central plank of labor policy. And it's gonna get even more expensive because people like Tim Wilson, MP, roam the country holding these town hall meetings with retirees, and that led to a massive publicity boost for franking credits. Um, Tim Cook took care of parliamentary inquiry and the town hall meetings focusing on the high retiree states of Tassie and Queensland. Uh, he harnessed his travelling show, headed up north, spreading the word. Queenslanders and Tasmanians, not only would they lose all that free money, but now they knew how it worked. The cat's out of the bag. Bank shares have shot up since the surprise election results of Scott Morrison being elected as new investors pile into the franking credits bandwagon. Uh, retirees across the country are racing to get free money on franking credits thanks to your nationwide publicity campaign. Friends of mine just transferred all their savings to bank shares. They vote green. Say goodbye to the surplus as 20 billion budget hit is on the way. Um, now, the Liberal Party successfully used the media to paint this as an attack on wealthy retirees, as an attack on poor retirees, I should say. Uh, which is demonstrably not true. The overwhelming benefit of franking credits goes to the wealthier retirees. Australia has the highest rate of pension of po uh, poverty in the developed world by some margin. I think it's something like a third of Australian pensioners live in poverty. Our fastest growing group, as far as I'm aware, of homeless people, single women over the age of 60. They led a successful campaign that very wealthy pensioners get to keep all their money whilst we have the highest rate of pension of poverty in the world. And just now, Anthony Albanese has removed this policy as being too dangerous. Now, I say, if you've got a great policy, you should stand by that. What you don't have is a great leader. Ditch the bad leader, keep the good policy. If you can't articulate this slam dunk policy that's necessary for the country, that's grossly unfair. Have a look at the people articulating the policy. It's not the policy that's a problem, Anthony, it's you. And I know Bill Shorten failed to get that across the line, but it has not been demonstrated that that was the sole reason that Labour lost the election. There were many other factors, hundreds of millions of dollars going to marginal seats in the sports rules scandal, Clive Palmer, but you believe that it's franking credits because it's an unpopular policy. Sell it right because it is a slam dunk. It's completely unfair, dramatically reshaping society policy that should be a core labour value. It's a tax rort that's growing exponentially each year. Now more people are piling onto it. We've got an ageing population that will be piling onto it. It's going to get much worse and a much bigger drain on the economy. And we have the highest deficit we've ever had in our history don't ditch the policy, ditch Anthony Albanese, for that's the last straw for me.